It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Giving you the real from A to Z. Surrounding the Dallas Cowboys. News, updates, rumors, transactions, takes, and more. So strap up, Cowboys Nation, and start your day off with A to Z Sports. Live with Will Steele. Three, two, one. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Good morning, good people. Welcome to ADZ Sports Live. We're streaming live on YouTube on this fantastic Tuesday. And I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Boom! Coming up today, we officially end the bye week. It is time to turn the page, move on to week eight. Start talking about this Rams matchup. We're going to take a look at the Cowboys defense against that Rams offense. Sean McVay, Matt Stafford. We're going to dive all the way into it. But first, before all of that, we'll hit the roundup. Dallas made a couple of practice squad moves. So we'll talk about that. And our division rival gets involved in the trade party. But will. Dallas. Hmm. Something to think about, man. Something to think about. What's good, Bomb Squad? Bomb Squad! Let me give a shout out to the Texas Rangers. They have advanced to the Fall Classic. And I tweeted this out yesterday, and it was even, even worse than I thought when I really thought about it. But I shouldn't say worse. This is great. This is great for the for the DFW area, right? So the Rangers. I moved to I moved to Dallas a couple years ago. And since I've moved to Dallas, the Rangers advanced the World Series. Okay. The Dallas Stars advanced the Western Conference Finals. The Dallas Mavericks advanced to the Western Conference Finals. What the hell are my Dallas Cowboys waiting for, huh? I just need the Dallas Cowboys to complete this whole DFW thing, you know? This gotta be the this gotta be the year for the Cowboys to do it. I've moved down here and watched all the sports that I don't besides basketball. I fool with basketball that heavy. But I don't watch hockey. But I was into it because the Dallas the stars, you know, advanced or whatever. I don't really get down with the baseball no more, but I'm rooting like hell for the Texas Rangers to win the World Series so we can celebrate around this, these parts. I'm not a Dallas Mavericks fan, but I, I found myself at a Western Conference Finals game rooting for the Mavericks to advance to the finals. It'd be nice to go ahead and get to the Cowboys AT&T Stadium and, and we advance into the Conference Finals or the, the Super Bowl or something. So, Jerry, come on now. Wake up, baby. Wake up now. Everybody's surpassing you around these parts here in the DFW area. You know? Everybody get, they get to enjoy 
these these successes that are happening. Now I get it; they didn't win the World Series and they didn't win the World Cup or they didn't win the Larry O'Brien uh, Trophy or nothing like that. But hey, you know, it's a start. It's somewhere. It's, it's something to build on top of. We need to get there. You know what I'm saying? I, I would like to think I have a little part to do with that. Moving down here to Dallas, you know, a little something, something. That's all. Sin City said the Dallas Cowboy effect is on, or the Dallas effect is on you, Sky. I'm just saying. I moved down here the same year the Mavericks go, the, the Stars go, and the very next year, the Rangers go. I don't think that's a coincidence, you know? I don't think that's a coincidence. Okay, um, one more thing before we get into the roundup. Another shout-out. Shout-out to the Minnesota Vikings, baby. <laughs> So ever since the whole show my shirt F Cowboys situation for George Kittle and those 49ers, they are O and 2. And there was this whole record thing, right, that that popped up a couple weeks ago where, hey, teams that, you know, end up losing to the, or play, not even losing, teams that end up playing the uh, San Francisco 49ers, they lose the next week. Well, the Cowboys won. And there is a little bit of record going on where teams that play the Cowboys end up losing usually, but. That's a whole different situation. With that loss to the Minnesota Vikings, the 49ers fall now down to 5-2. and two. Uh, Philly sits at the top of the conference 6-1. and one. The Lions also lose. The Cowboys win the week before. They sit at 4-2 and two with a chance to go to 5-2. and two. Everything you want to do, Dallas, is still in front of you, right? And the football season has ebbs and flows for every single team. And I get it. We are very overreactionary fan base because of the frustration for Almost three decades. I totally get it. But even after that loss, the conversation wasn't necessarily about not having everything you want to accomplish in front of you. It was about if you run into that, do you have confidence that you'll be able to take care of business? Now, look, we we can take a look at the last two games and be excited about it and say, oh, yeah, we can go in there and big bad wolf it. But they need to do that before I'm going to sit here and poke my chest out. I ain't going to fake the funk. They need to take care of those guys if they run into them. However, Maybe they don't have to. <laughs> Maybe they run into somebody else if, if we get there. Now, I say this all the time. This is a week-to-week league. I, I can't be, like, you can't watch the last few weeks of the National Football League or this year in general and not understand that, man. It is a week-to-week league. Sometimes styles make the fights, etc. And the way the style that Kevin O'Connell Shout out to Kevin O'Connell. I, I, I see in here any given Sunday. That's true. But it ain't really just that either. Like, I really truly do believe the Vikings had the scheme to be able to go out there and, and be able to do what they did. Right now, Jordan Addison goes down. There's no Justin Jefferson. Addison comes back in. He's fantastic. And they didn't play this whole, well, you know what? We're going to spread the ball around to 17 different people and keep everything in front of the San Francisco 49ers. They said Addison. Hawkinson, eat. And those boys ate, right? And they got under center, and they did the wide stretch zone stuff and the play action, and they did everything we talked about the Cowboys needing to do in this game going up against the 49ers. Uh, but Kev, I'm a fan of Kevin O'Connell's scheme. Maybe not him as a head coach. I don't know. I don't watch them enough with management and things like that. But I said this a lot in our Illuminati chat. That is the scheme that we should be actually imitating in regards to a little bit of West Coast-type stuff but with an aggressive downfield concept. Instead, we're, we're kind of this, this shortened, conservative approach, and 
I don't know if, if there's room for that in the in the game anymore. But if the Cowboys end up running into these dudes, they 100% need to look at that that film and, and, and in my opinion, imitate some of it. Um, I don't know if they will. Do I have confidence? I don't, I don't think I do that they would do that. I think they're going to play their way, and that's, you know, it is what it is. But it's a copycat league, man. It's a copycat league, and, and the things that we saw on film, even with them being 4-0 or whatever it was at the time we played them, uh, I think it was 4-0, there were some things you could have done against that squad, and the Niners did all of it. I'm sorry, the, the Vikings did all of it. And shout-out to their defense. Right? Shout-out to their defense for keeping their foot on the gas from quarter one to quarter four. Now, I don't know if the, if the what's the story, if the pumpkin is, is hatching right now or whatever, right? Like, I don't know if it's, if the magic ride, that magic carpet ride is over for Brock Purdy just yet. I don't know. You know, I still think this is a good young quarterback, and he's going through some adversity right now. But he, he made some throws. <laughs> he made some throws at the end of that game. Now, boy, oh, boy. I wonder what they're saying on these networks. I don't watch it, but I wonder what they're saying because it ain't been looking too good for them. They're on the two-game slide. Your Cowboys, if they take care of business, they're sitting right at the top of that NFC, and we'll see where the chips may fall. So everything you want to accomplish is in front of you, Dallas. You just got to take care of business. And it starts this week with the, almost said St. Louis, with the L.A. Rams in week eight, back at home where the Cowboys haven't lost in quite some time. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Jay, they're going to talk about who was out and who was in. Hey, that's the football. That's football. That's football. Nobody gave a damn about who was in and who was out for the Cowboys. They ain't going to give a damn about who was in and who was out for your team. So, yeah, it is what it is. All right, let's get into this roundup. Probably going to be a longer-ish show because there's going to be a lot to talk about coming out this roundup, and then I want to obviously break down this matchup. It's time. time. It's time. time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to you, Cowboys Nation. So you could you could say it was a bit of a busy day on the wire yesterday uh, across the league and obviously here in Dallas. So nothing too crazy for the Cowboys, but they did make some personnel moves. Okay. They released offensive tackle Alex Taylor Prelu. If that's how you pronounce it, my apologies if it's not. Uh, Frenchman, I believe, right? Something like that. Um, six foot eight basketball basketball guy, been around the league. They released him off the practice squad. And they also released linebacker Michael Jones from the practice squad. They signed him about a month ago. Um, according to Gelkin, no replacements are added at this time, but activity appears certain in days ahead. Hmm, kind of activity. Uh, 16-man practice squad is currently at 12, and the Cowboys worked out several players last week. Well, we featured some of those players in the roundup last week, and honestly, I don't know who they are. So uh, none of those moves are going to move said needle, but they do have to, well, they should be trying to fill out their practice squad. So there are four remaining opening spots. I expect Dallas to fill those spots. Uh, I don't expect those to come via trade. I feel like if there is a trade, um, this it'll be for someone that can contribute, not someone that you put on the practice squad. You 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 go out and get free agents and uh, you know things like that, or poach somebody else from pro. No, you poach somebody else from the practice squad. They got to be on the fifty-three. But nonetheless, 
You sign free agents in that way for the practice squad. You don't trade for that. Speaking of trades, boy, this trade sent, this trade sent Twitter in a frenzy, man. In a frenzy. But Howie Roseman, man, I said this on Twitter. One thing Howie Roseman will not do is sit on his hands. You know, Sir Rebopsky. They uh, went out and traded for former All-Pro safety Kevin Byard, who, again, the Twitter world is is unbelievable. My man is 30 years old, and you would think he's 45, the way people go about trying to downplay everything on Twitter. They traded 2024 fifth-round pick and a sixth-round pick and safety Terrell Edmonds. Mind you, Terrell Edmonds was a guy that got toasted against the uh, – gave up the only touchdown – against the Dolphins, and he's kind of been struggling this year for the Eagles, and they sh- they were able to ship him out somehow, some way. In, in return, they get Kevin Byer. The fifth and sixth round picks for 2024, ironically, uh, that's the highest compensation of the seven trades that have been made so far. Shouts out to our guy over at Austin, over at A to Z Sports Nashville for that nugget. Interesting, a fifth and sixth round pick plus Terrell Edmonds is the highest compensation so far in these trades. Look, man, we could look, I hate Philly, but y'all ain't got to, you ain't got to lie, Craig. You ain't got to sit here and fake the funk, man. Call a spade a spade. This is a solid move. This is a, this is a good move. If it doesn't work out for him, that's besides the point. The whole point of when you make these type of moves is to address an area that you believe can either need, needs help or you want to strengthen a strength. And they did it. For really nothing, for being completely honest here. For a fifth and sixth round pick, which you can easily recuperate. If you are good at trading, if you are good at, you know, other teams signing your guys and getting the compensation, uh, compensatory pick, I'm sorry, you can get a fifth and sixth round back. So, you know, they watched Terrell Edmonds get roasted and struggle. And even though they said at six and one, the very next day they said, nah, let's go ahead and upgrade here, right? It's a progressive, aggressive move. Not just a reactionary move. Right? You don't want to sit and wait until that burns you. They see that there's an area that they can improve and they improve it. It's that simple. They did the same thing last year, y'all. When AD tackles got hurt and they were struggling against the run, they went out and got a couple guys. They didn't wait to start killing them and they losing games or whatnot. So, so far, teams that we consider the top teams in the National Football League, right? The Niners, the Chiefs, the Eagles, all three of them have made moves so far. The Niners went out and got Gregory. The Chiefs went out and got Hardman. And the Eagles obviously went out here and got Kevin Byer. These same three teams did the same, did the same thing last year. The Chiefs went out and got Kadarius Toney. Helped them win the Super Bowl. The Niners went out and got Christian McCaffrey. We know what he's doing for them. Now, the Eagles went out and got Robert Quinn, and I didn't do anything, but the whole point stands. Those three teams who are looked at as, you know, grade A class, the class of the league type teams at this moment, whether you like it or not, it just is what it is. Those teams looked at their squads and said, "Mm, not enough. Let's get aggressive and progressive here, not just reactionary. Well, the Cowboys... Be progressive, Cowboys Nation. Now, we applauded them 
for their reactionary moves in the offseason, right? Getting Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks. We applauded them for that. After a season where we saw wide receiver two and cornerback two were issues all year. There's no doubt about that, right? Let's let's admit that. We have applauded them for going out in the offseason and being reactionary to what happened the previous year and getting their guys. Last year, you know, we saw a little bleeding happening in the run game and we got reactionary, went out and got Jonathan Hankins. That actually worked for the Cowboys. So they asked Stephen Jones, they said, hey, man, the trade deadline's here. You got anything cooking up? Yeah, I don't think there's anything that's just, uh, you know, really uh, in the works or, you know, that's really got our attention right now. Obviously, we really like our roster, and we've only been getting healthier the last couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, if something presented itself that made a lot of sense, then uh, we'd certainly do that. I know this time last year we had a chance to get cooks and didn't work out, but we got him in the off season. So, uh we ultimately ended up getting him, but uh, right now I wouldn't say there's anything that's uh, in the works or hot and heavy. Nothing in the works, hot and heavy. Now maybe they just, maybe he's just talking. Maybe, uh, maybe there is something in the works. You know, are, are they really going to tell you on the radio? Probably not. But I wanted to do some digging. I wanted to, to reach out to some folk. Did the same thing last year, right? Like, hey, is there any buzz going on around here? Uh, and, and we knew there was buzz. If you guys remember the VOT show, it was hilarious. The whole emoji, eye emoji things. There was there was something up uh, last year at the deadline, but it never went through. And it was the Brandon Cook situation um, that obviously the Cowboys went out and got. I was told quiet on that front. So the Cowboys have seven days if they want to make a, a move. And I'm going to be honest with you. If there was ever a time to have a pissing contest, this is the one. This is the one, man. Look, you you can't keep allowing your your conference rivals or just the league in general just to basically make certain moves to advance past you if they already are, are past you or to strengthen their team and you are content with what you have, right? And And let's not get it twisted. To be fair. The Cowboys have dudes, right? They they got some dudes. It's it's about making sure you put these dudes in the best position to succeed, right? But with that said, I will never be too proud, never be too stubborn to make my squad better if I can via the trade market, via free agency. It's always been my motto, always been my mantra. There are three pillars you have to attack, not sit back. You have to attack if you want to go out here in this day and age and win a Super Bowl ring. Drafting, trade market, and free agency. Like You just have to play those. If you don't, usually you're just going to kind of just be around. That's just usually how it is. So to be fair, yes, we got guys. We ain't using those guys right, right? Uh, Brandon Cooks, for instance, haven't used him right since he's been here. Uh the backfield. I don't believe we're using them right over the last month of the season. Uh, and, and honestly, that's going to be the case, right? Like, if you're going to run into coaching issues, then give me more dudes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> give me more dudes. If it's going to be about our guys being better than your guys, I'm all for loading up on more dudes. So that's, that's where we're at right now. Um, the three teams that most 
pundits and, and fans would agree are the teams in the running have made their moves. They it, The ball's in your court now. You could do something or you can stay put and we can, you know, hope Michael Gallup gets, gets going here. We can hope uh, Cooks obviously gets going here. We can hope Mike McCarthy kind of opens up the playbook a little bit more, get aggressive. Uh, you hope these young bucks on the, on the linebacker side of things step up, right? But I'm going to keep it a bean. If the Titans are feeling this generous, right, they want to give away Bayer to the Eagles. They want to give away A.J. Brown and whatnot, and they're, they're sellers. What y'all want for Aziz, huh? What y'all want for Aziz Al-Shahir, the linebacker formerly of the San Francisco 49ers who signed a pretty cheap deal, I believe, with the Titans? It's like a one-year deal. Big fan of his game. I mean, at one point, they had Aziz, Greenlaw, and, and Wagner over there. Love their linebacking group. He nice. Aziz is nice. He ranks in the top 11, I believe, uh, in, in his run defense. He's a guy that that attacks downhill. He's fast. You know, I know I know Dan Quinn doesn't like the big, slower linebackers, although we have LV. The big, slower linebackers, he likes those quick, fast, aggressive dudes. Well, Aziz is that. So, I'm just saying, if if they willing to give away, guys, Cowboys Nation, I'm willing to pick that phone up and say what you want for i give you a seven. You know, you you trading away Bayard, you know, for a fifth and sixth. I give you a seventh round pick and a, a seven six round pick in twenty twenty five. What's the harm in that? He don't cost you no bread. He ramps up your your linebacker group. Which look, as much as I like Rashawn Evans potentially being part of this group, that don't mean I don't want to make any more moves. You know what I mean? I don't mean I want to make any more moves because to keep it a bean, if you get Aziz Alshahir in here, he's your best linebacker. But I digress. I digress. The Cowboys got dudes. They need to be coached better. That is a fact. There is also another conversation to say, hey, never be satisfied in this situation, especially when your your, 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 your rivals, your competition are not satisfied. Who are we to be satisfied when the Super Bowl champions are not? Who are we to be satisfied when the Super Bowl participants have not been? Who are we to be satisfied when uh, the 49ers have not been? We are nobody to be satisfied. So let me say two things here. Because this always divides Cowboys Nation, which is wild to me. Like, I don't get how how this is a, this divides Cowboys Nation. But you got part of Cowboys Nation, right, who are going to say, ah, man, we don't. Stop. We got this. We got that. Y'all always bringing up this. Stop whining. Stop crying. This ain't whining and crying. We talking about what the Cowboys could potentially do to add to their team. Nothing wrong with that. If they don't, that don't mean the Cowboys aren't going to win. But it's fair to have a conversation to say, hey, man, look around the league. The top teams are also adding to their team. There's nothing wrong with that. Right? You got that side of Cowboys Nation who's going to try to poo-poo other teams making moves and poo-poo you not, or not poo-poo, Cap for the front office if they don't make any moves, right? Not saying that they're bad guys if they don't, but I do look at you sideways and say, oh, you, you cool? All right. Let's hope. Let's hope that everything is good, right? Then you got the other side who's going to be like, oh, we need to go get Devontae Adams. We need to go get uh, Derrick Henry. They're going to throw out all these kind of unrealistic type of names. There is a comfortable median to live in here. To where you can understand that you got a team that can compete, 
But it ain't nothing wrong with going out and making that team better because others in your conference and in the league are doing so. So I don't get how this is a divide, in my opinion. If you look around the league in this day and age, these type of moves that are made usually happen within Super Bowl winners. They hardly ever just sit on their hands at these point in times. Like, that's just facts. You know, that's just facts. So I'll let y'all fight in the chat on that because there's going to be there's going to be people that say, ah, shut up. We don't need to do nothing. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We are. Our team is fine. Then there's going to be guys that say, no, we need to go get Devontae. <laughs> it's it's a crazy it's a it's a crazy uh, pendulum swing here in Cowboys Nations. Wow, man. All right, let's kind of let's kind of break this ice here for a little bit before we get into the Rams breakdown because I knew this this a block of the show was going to be a bit spicy. Uh, five six two, what it is, what it do. Five six two, hey. you live. Yeah, yeah. What's up? What's up, Scott? How you doing, bro? What's happening? Hey, man. Hey, uh, I just wanted to just man, you kind of already touched on it, man. I don't trust if um I don't trust those traits for offensive players. I don't think Mike McCarthy is gonna do nothing with him. I only trust Dan Quinn because it's our trait for defensive players. Um I'll be in this conversation some time ago, man, about Kevin Moore. I don't know if you remember, I told you, man, like I, I feel like this. I feel like this is about our offense, man, like I feel like when we had Kevin, Kevin Moore as our offensive coordinator, um, we, 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 we was like a, like a Ferrari. You know, we had like eight, eight cylinders, 12 cylinders. Uh, we, we, could, we could go fast if we want to, you know what I'm saying? Like Mike McCartney offense is like a, like a Volkswagen bug, man. Like, let me just say this. Like, let, me, let me say this. Cause we got to stop doing this. We got to stop doing this. Just because McCarthy's offense ain't shit don't mean I want Kellen. Like we we don't we don't gotta do that. We we've been there done that with Kellen Moore. Like there there should there there should Okay, you go ahead. This is your show. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I wasn't done, but go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, no, go ahead, go ahead, go finish. There's a happy medium, okay, just well, like I just talked about, right? Like we don't we don't need to be oh, oh well, you know what, Kelly or uh, McCarthy sucks. Let's bring back Kellen Moore. We we know what that looks like, right? We know what that looks like. What we need McCarthy to do, just like what Kellen Moore, was understand what you have, and 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 work around that because we know we know what that we know what that is for Kellen for four years. We know how that that ends. We don't need to go back to that. So if you're about to say we need Kellen Moore, I'm gonna say, hey man, why? Okay. Okay, okay. Well, what I got to say about that is this. With Kellen Moore, we have the ability, I think it's easier to say, hey, like, uh, we know we know we can score 40 points a game, whatever. We know we can do that. But what you need to work on is your game management. I think it's easier to be able to, if you have a Ferrari, hey, you can go 130 miles an hour if you want to, but you choose, to, the driver choose, hey, I'm not going to, Oh, I'm gonna go the speed limit. I'm gonna go 40 miles an hour. But I feel like with our offense right now, we can't. We don't even have the ability to, to go go that fast. And I think it's easier to be able to say, "Hey, Kellen Moore, dial it down, uh, run the ball more when we have a lead." 
play more to your defense. I think it's easier to say. If it was more, easier, if it was easier, why didn't it happen for four years? Why didn't it happen for four years? Yes, sir. I think because for one, he's the he's the new offensive coordinator. For one, and two, maybe maybe his motive was like, okay, I wanna I wanna like. So you're basically just contradicting yourself. So what makes you think that was all of a sudden going to change? If, if he's trying to, you know, audition for a head coaching job, why, why would he all of a sudden say, you know what, I'm going to make my offense look worse? I, I, I just said, maybe, man. Right. How's it working out for the Chargers? I'll, I'll, be, I'll say this too, because it's, it's still young in the season. I'll say this too. Uh, it's still young in the season, and, um, and, and maybe we haven't we, we have got to the point where they've installed everything, and they got, you know they, they know the offense that well. So maybe maybe they get a little bit better. But I, I'll, I'll say you know, this. We didn't have to fix the offense. Yeah. We didn't have to fix the offense. The management of the offense. We didn't have to change the offense. No, no. We needed to change. Yeah. Kelly Moore, uh, run the ball more. Think about more of No, we needed and to get. We, we, we needed to move that. on from Kellen. I, I, I think we, we needed I think to. We move, did kind of do that in a way. We needed to move on because, from. Him. Appreciate you, okay, y'all. Did, did we? Did we not? I I can't. It's our. It sounds terrible as it is, but I, I don't know what's going on here. We we needed to move on from Kellen. Like, that is a fact, bro. That, that just is what it is. The problem was, or the problem is at this moment, was we didn't expect it to be McCarthy calling the plays at the top, right? At the beginning of all this, we were looking at Bobby Slowick. We were looking at other people coming in. Like, there, there are 100% different ways you could approach this thing, but they decided to roll with McCarthy, right? Cool, whatever. I right, McCarthy. 70-30, right? 70% of the offense is here. 30% is going to change. That's not what happened. This thing flipped upside down on his head. 70% of the offense changed. His play calling is conservative. It, 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 it is what it is. He he obviously needs to improve. That does not mean we need to keep harping on a Kellen Moore. We've been there. Like, what more do you want to see from Kellen Moore? How's it working out for, for Justin Herbert and the Chargers over there, huh? Thought we was, I, I, I thought we was, I thought we was beyond this thing here. Like, yes, we definitely want something other than what McCarthy is doing. No, I do not want to go back to Kellen Moore. We about to put the cape on for that man? Y'all tripping. Hunter Grant, what up? My guy. It was goody, bro. Listen, we did keep 70% of seven more plays, did we not? I don't think so, but that's what we were told. So they say. So they say. So they say. So <laughs> that's they what say. We're told. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. You know, still that word alleged in there. Okay. Right. So I feel like we can turn on this Ferrari. And I think you've seen signs of that the last game. All you got to do is take them right and let Dak Prescott cook a little bit more. And that's what we saw last game. Did sure. we not? 
throw long passes? Did we not score in the red zone? That's what we did the last game we played. I think you're going to see more of that. I think you're going to see more. I think you're going to see builds off of that. And not only are we going to do that, we already know Mike got the capability to slow it down when need be. I think we're going to turn it on and we're going to slow it down. This is going to be the offense that you guys have been wanting to see. It's going to be, and you're going to see this, this weekend against the Rams. You're going to see it. So I, I, do I want Kevin Moore? No. He's trash. He's garbage. We done been down that road for how many years with Kevin Moore? I don't want him. Look at the Chargers. They can't win a game. They yeah. scoring all these yeah. points. They're they not even doing that no more, bro. They started off scoring points, <laughs> but the last three weeks they, they've been dwindling in points. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't even know why we're having a Kellen Moore discussion. This 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 is it, it's a moot you point. You're not even having a Kevin Moore discussion. No, 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 no. We need to be the conversation Moore. is about Mike McCarthy and and, and and somebody else. In fact, Mike McCarthy ain't the guy. But we know Kellen Moore ain't the guy. Um but but that's again, that's a whole nother mm-hmm. discussion for another for the Chargers to have, honestly. It ain't a discussion for exactly. us to have. Not for discuss- us. No, it ain't not a discussion for us, for us Kevin to have. Kevin Moore's not on this team. Kevin, Kevin Moore's not on the team no yeah, more. Kevin Moore's Ain't wild. no need to be even talk about Kevin Moore anymore. <laughs> Kevin Moore's out of here. Kevin, you feel me? Kevin Moore's out of here. Kevin like, Moore's crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So, I, but look, yeah, I, on, I'll say man. this in closing, 100 grand. Um, yeah, there were things that we did from a passing game last week that I liked. I liked a lot because it was it was more intermediate stuff. Sprinkle some downfield concepts. There were different things going on in the progression, not you know all slants or all goes in the scene route. It, it, it was very, it was much more complex than it was the prior week. So if we can build off of that, but we got to fix the run game, right? Like we're not, we're not doing anything run game wise. So we just got to, we just got to fix but, that. And I think we'll be able to build off some things, but we can't sit here and fake the funk with ourselves right now. Our offense is, is struggling from a concept standpoint. We need to get better at it. It's okay to say that. But that's going to fix the run game stuff. If you, they already know, y'all not taking no shots downfield. <laughs> y'all not going to take no shots downfield. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to crowd the line and make sure you don't run the football. When you do take a shot, it's a five-yard pass. It's an eight-yard sure. pass. I don't think no that's going to fix the run so game. what do you think they're going to do? I, I don't think that's going to fix the run game. I Here, do. That's going to back up them here, safeties and back up them linebackers. Here's if why. taking 15 yards down the field. Calm now, down. Here's why, bro. Did you watch the film against the Chargers? Because they play that too, they play that too high. They play that too high. We 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 when we when we I asked a simple the question. Chargers, this man goes off. Hundred grand. Did you watch the film against the Chargers? Yes. Okay. So you talked about them playing too high. Your problem wasn't wasn't about light boxes or crowded boxes. Your problem was you couldn't block for the life of me. Right, you had nobody pushing nobody around, climbing to the second level. You were getting beat at the line of scrimmage, and when you weren't, when you weren't getting beat at the line of scrimmage, you weren't doing anything from a schematic standpoint to put your guys in position to succeed. The two times you did that, and it was really like two or three, the Cowboys ran well. It, it really isn't about having light boxes. The Cowboys had light boxes in that game. They couldn't. They were just getting beat at the line of scrimmage, and they were just running into a brick wall purposefully by going in shotgun and running straight I up agree. the a gaps. It wasn't because they I had agree. nine dudes. The you know, it wasn't like they had nine dudes in a box all game. They it looked like that, right? Because you was getting your ass mm-hmm. whooped at the line of scrimmage. So mm-hmm. just because you start airing it out and, and teams will play back, which the for, which the uh, 
the Chargers did, that don't necessarily mean your run game just going to get going. Like you got to pro, you got to proactively make your run game better schematically, and you got to block better too. In my opinion, I agree. I agree. You got to run to the edges, and we don't do that a lot. Or we be don't more run to the edges, yeah, or be more creative in how you do it on the interior. Yeah, right? you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you notice how the how the Forty ers got beat. It's because they ran to those edges. They didn't run straight up the gut like yeah, we did when we played zone. the 49ers. I mean, wide zone. You know what I'm saying? Get under center. <laughs> Play the action. Drop back. Like, yeah. So, you know. <laughs> they wild in the chat, bro. We hey, pre- appreciate you, though, honey, Greg. Let me keep appreciate moving. Appreciate you, man. I'm so, no one, one more. I got here from B-Bird, and then and then we'll, we'll, we'll do the preview, and we'll come back to this. What's good, B-Bird? Hey, what's up, Scott? How you doing this morning, man? What's goody? All right. Hey, so uh, <clears throat> I was listening to that uh, clip of Stephen Jones, and he was talking about Cooks and said it, they, they weren't able to work it out last year but was able to get him in the offseason. And we kind of just were like, oh, okay, yeah, that's true. But that's big, right, because really you're saying that we had a chance to improve our team last year, and, and we didn't make the deal. Important trick. Um because we don't know what Cooks could have done. Man, I always tell people that in that San Francisco game, after Pollard went down, we only had one playmaker. Also, after the first play of the second quarter, no other wide receiver not named C.D. Lamb caught a pass. So you don't know how effective uh, Cooks would have been last year for us. Yeah, I remember, B-Bird, when we traded for him, I was like, I mean, it'd be nice to have him in that Niners game, but but I'm happy we got him now. But, but yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, yeah. And we kind of just skim over it, but that's big because he's basically saying, ah, we can just wait till the next season. And I'll say this real quick. <clears throat> Other GMs act with urgency because they have to. Yep. Uh, but, well, we don't have that. But anyway, I'll go to – I'll move on from that. Um, when we have no moves and the teams that are better than us or went farther than us make moves, that, that kind of tells us something. So I think that we don't know because the trade deadline isn't here yet. But to be honest with you, Scott, I would thought that Really, if we're going to make a trade or an acquisition, doing it during a bye week would be probably the best time to do that. I, yeah. What do you think about that? No, I, I agree. Yeah. You know, and, and and that's why I was reaching out a couple, even I think last week leading up to this thing, um, uh, we talked about Jordan Schultz saying the Cowboys will be aggressive or whatever. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but you know, Steven said what he said, but you know, also he could just be posturing. Maybe there's something going on behind the scenes. And and yeah. I, I tend to believe there might be something that, that that could could happen, but it would look like a Jonathan Hankins edition, not a Kevin yeah. Byard edition, right? Former All Pro. I don't think yeah. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get that. But yeah, I agree. If you'd have got in the bye week, you know that player would have had an extra week to get acclimated. But yeah. I mean, yeah. it doesn't mean you give up, right? Like if something is if something's Correct. out there, if a team calls you and they say, hey, we're looking to move on from this guy. Uh, are you interested? Yeah, you listen and, and you 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 always pick that phone up and try to make your team better. The way though that they do deals is the is the way that Jerry operates in business though, and I think that's a that's a mistake sometimes, right? Where his his mantra is, I ain't picking up the phone to make the offer first, or I ain't picking because I, then we're going to lose the deal. Forget about losing a deal, right? Like in that in that manner, make your team better. You're not going to lose a deal yeah. unless you get swindled. And and I'm not saying they got swindled for for the Trey Lance, but you know you already gave up what what I thought could have been a quality asset, a fourth round pick, and you gave it up for for Trey Lance, a quarterback that you hope don't even play and probably won't for the season, as opposed to using it to make your squad better. Strange, 
strange move, but he's here now, right? So now, yeah. you know, you're hoping to tap into, uh, do we have any more fifth or sixth rounders? Possibly next year's fifth or sixth rounders. And you can't say, well, Sky, we ain't got no more picks. I mean, I've seen teams trade 2025 20, picks for guys. So it's possible. Correct. It's just a matter of do you want to do it? Um, we we covered our picks. We understand that. I, I get it. But I would be I would not be upset, obviously, if they picked up the phone and tried to make an addition to this team and did make an addition to this team because your adversaries are doing it, right? Yes. And I have one thing, and I'll, I'll make a statement kind of, and I kind of want you to uh, – Maybe I'm going to get off the phone and let you expound on it. Sure. I'm looking at Rashawn Evans, and um, like he's a pretty quality linebacker. Uh, he was out there. But to me, I don't understand why, if he's going to be an upgrade on your team, I think that he's an upgrade even with LVE here. Why does it take an injury to go and say, hey, maybe we'll go get this guy that played linebacker at a high level that's still young? I think this should have been something that – because if you're always trying to evolve your team, yep. always trying to make your team better – why was this guy? Why did it take an injury to LVE to make them go out and get a, a, a quality young linebacker that was just sitting there for him? Uh, and I'll, I'll get off, man. Uh, listen to your answer offline. Man. I appreciate, I appreciate you, you, Bert. Yes, sir. Yeah. I think it's because we are a re- reactionary front office. We haven't been a progressive front office in quite some time, and and for most, it'll say it's, it's worked out. Cowboys have been competitive. They've they've always been in the mix. You know, so I think that's the answer, right? We're we're not a reactionary front or a, a progressive front office. We don't get in front of things. We we react, you know, and, and that's why you go out and get in Gilmore in the offseason because cornerback two was a problem all year. You knew it was a problem, but you waited till after the season. Fine. Wide receiver two, you knew it was a problem and you waited till that offseason. The running game, interior defensive line last year, you were getting absolutely obliterated. You knew it was a problem and you waited till it became a problem and you went and got Jonathan Hankins. Um, we're reactionary. Linebacker was already thin, unknown thin ice. For whatever reason, they just kind of was like, ah, we're cool. We'll just move a safety down there and we'll roll with two real linebackers. What happens if one gets hurt? One got hurt, they reacted and got Rashawn Evans. We'll see if that's a blessing in disguise. But that's my answer there, Be I think we just are a reactionary organization. Um, and I don't think anybody can dispute that. Even for those who love the front office, you cannot dispute that whatsoever. Whatsoever. You can't watch the rest of the league and say that the Cowboys are a progressive, aggressive organization. They're not. We're reactionary. It is what it is, you know? And it might work. It might work. We'll see. You know, they're going to be competitive because we draft well. We got some good players. But you got to win the whole thing, you know? All right, let's, uh, let's take a quick break. Let's reset real quick. Let's reset real quick. We'll come back. We'll jump into this Ram stuff. I, I knew this first part was going to get crazy. I didn't know we was going to go into a Kellen Moore Ram, but I knew this first part was going to get a little, little interesting. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and... Here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. It is, brother. L. I mean, 
Like I said, they, they treat this thing like a business. Brother L says, it's also a business tactic. Never seem desperate. Allow your competition to think your own, you know, to know your tendencies. Keep negotiations internal. Business. Business, you know. If you, if you, if you treat football like business, they're going to run it like business. I'm just saying, for me, if the Chiefs ain't too good to make a move, the Eagles ain't too good, the Niners ain't too good, what makes us think we are? That's all. But you'll get fans who are going to whine and complain that you're just saying, I'm okay with them making a move, and I'm okay with, you know, being okay with them looking to make one. If they don't, I ain't going to sit here and whine and cry about it, not at all. But, yeah, I think they should be aggressive here. Progressive, whatever you want to call it. No doubt about it. All right, let's jump into this preview, man. Start talking about this Rams game. Start talking about this Sean McVay offense. We've been here before. We've seen this offense before. The Cowboys have played this offense before. They did a damn good job against the two. A couple moments they had last year, but, you know, for the most part, they played very, very well. This year, a few different additions, and we'll get to that in a second. This is your typical Sean McVay offense, creative, movement, aggressive as all get out, right? Like, this is, nothing has changed in what they do. They're seventh in yards per game. They're 16th in scoring. Uh, they run the ball, the 18th most, the most in the league, which is not great. You know, 18 to rush attempts, and they're 15th in rush yards. So, this is pretty typical of a Sean McVay offense. They're, they're not a team that wants to run the ball. As a part of their offense, they just kind of run the ball to keep things going. And when they do it, you know, they, they run the ball with more eye candy than they do with just flat out beating you or with their, their best guys. You know, that's just how they do it. Uh, they particularly get off to a slow start. They're 17th in the league in first half scoring. That's one thing you'll notice when you watch the film is that they, they just don't really get going early. A lot of field goals uh, or, or punts, and you go into half times and the games are 9-3, to 6-3, Nine, nothing like these. These games aren't really shootouts, hence why they're 16th in scoring. What they do well from a, a volume uh, area is they're top 10 unit on third down. You know, McVay has a really good scheme, right, to get guys open, and they're 10th in red zone touchdown. So once they get down there, uh, they can punch it in uh, in a decent rate. And 10th normally would be great. This year, red zone offenses around the league has been strange. Their most productive back, if we get back to the rushing aspect, their most productive back was Kyron Williams, and he's been put on IR. Uh, he was leading their team with like 400-some rush yards, I think, and and now he will not be available, and it's Royce Freeman and, and Darrell Henderson's job. And again, last year, Dallas did a pretty good job against them. I think they had Cam Akers in, in that game, which you could argue are better, but you know these guys... Freeman and Henderson, their they're, they're guys are going to play behind their pads, right? They're not going to make you miss a whole lot. They're going to play some heavy football, and they're going to get downhill. So if, if you can meet them at the line of scrimmage, if you can meet them at the second level, I don't think they're going to make you miss a whole lot. But, but it can be physical if they decide to go that route. Now, they're going to run at you in a very similar way as the 49ers would, hence... Mike McDaniels, 49ers, Sean McVay, you'll see some similar things because those guys come from the same tree. Uh, it, it's not as creative as, say, the 49ers, but you're going to get that pre-snap motion stuff, the backfield 
uh, post snap with the tight end, some wham blocks, crack blocks, going to get downhill, and they're going to get their wide receivers involved. Um, and, and a lot of what they do from a, from a running standpoint is eye candy. Like their offensive line is going to push you around, and we'll get to them here in a second. But a lot of it, a lot of it is eye candy. Uh, again, it's not as creative as Shanahan, but if you got a suspect D line or, or, or a suspect linebacker core that's undisciplined, it can create some lanes for you a little bit. But if we jump into the lab real quick, that's not the lab. If we jump into the lab real quick, this is what I mean by they, they'll involve their wide receivers. And this is what makes Cooper Cup such a well-rounded receiver. Cooper Cup is on the left side of your screen right here, right around the cursor. And I let it play for a little bit. And he could either crack down here or turn his guy. I thought he was going to make like a crack block here, but he actually turns his guy and creates a lane and he finishes the play, you know, and this is, again, this is just what he does. And and, and it, I think it has an effect in that whole wide receiver room. All those guys block well. And if you want to be in a Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan style of offense, you've got to be able to block as a wide receiver. So get ready for that. The cornerback's got to be physical. They got to be ready to meet these guys in the line of scrimmage. And sometimes he'll even block a defense end. So that's just what he does. Let's not get it twisted, though. Let's not get it twisted. This offense runs through Matt Stafford and these wide receivers. Now, Cooper Cup was out for a while, right? So they were leaning on Puka Nakua and... Tutu Atwell, for the most parts, right? And Tutu responded well, you know what I'm saying? Before Cup got there, and I don't understand why that just froze on me, but before Cup got there, Tutu was balling a little bit. But ever since he's returned, he only has three receptions. So he's kind of been phased out a little bit here in this offense for whatever reason, but he still is somebody that you have to worry about from a big play standpoint. I'll just play it from here. It didn't take Cooper Cup long, no. Didn't take him long to get going and get back into the swing of things. Uh, He had back-to-back 100-yard games. However, he did not have a good game last week. Only two receptions for 20-some yards. But I expect Cooper Cup to get 8 to 10 targets in this upcoming game. What makes him tough to deal with, though, is besides his ability, obviously, is how they use him, where they use him, and how to get him involved, right? bunch formations uh they'll line him up in tight and allow him to just run an out with a whole bunch of green and, and Matthew Stafford is going to get him to rock out there and if he catches you one-on-one you got to be able to, to man up on him you just have to uh you got to get physical you can't be soft against Cooper Cup or it'll make you pay same thing for Puka Nakua they're very similar in how to use those dudes and Nakua just a fantastic start to his career man just a really good young player really really good young player he, if you look at how they used Nakua, it just mirrored how they used Cooper Cup. Mirrored it. He's a tough dude, strong hands, can make contested catches, and pretty tough after the catch, too. Pretty tough to deal with. He gets some momentum. He can get going. He, he runs like a big guy. So I say this because we've struggled with this a little bit. Get ready for a bunch of over routes, crossers, Deep digs, all that stuff between Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Here's a play from last week against the 
Pittsburgh Steelers that should look very familiar to the Cowboys at the top of the screen or the bottom of the screen here is Cooper Cup. He's going to go in motion and they love to isolate their guys on these crossers, meaning they'll get a whole bunch of routes going one way, flooding one way with Cup or Nakua coming the other, especially if you get caught in man and things like this can happen to you. And with Nakua, man, he kind of has a gear. He kind of has a gear. If he gets ahead of steam, he can get upfield on you. But this this should look very familiar to you because we've we've struggled with these crossers, we've struggled with these deep overs, and that's why getting to Matt Stafford is going to be important. And we'll get to that here in a second. But this was last year, and in the slot, you've got Cooper Cup against our best corner and Trayvon Diggs. And I said this the other day, and this is just a shallow crosser, but these crossers, these overs, these deep overs. They are tough, tough, tough to deal with. And, man, if you don't get pressure on the quarterback, and if you guys remember what happened last year, you just get a good release. You don't get physical at the line of scrimmage. Cooper Cup with a nice catch, and he's gone. And this was against our best corner. So, you know, we don't have our best corner in this game. We're rolling out Deron Bland, who was fantastic, you know, a guy who I would probably start coverage there, and Gilmore, who's obviously struggled with some of these over routes. But that just goes to show you, you know, you can be on the top corners in the league. It's hard to deal with if you don't get physical at the line of scrimmage. So, you know, get ready for a whole lot of that. A whole lot of that. Which is which is very, very important to pressure that man, Matthew Stafford. Very important to do so. We know what Stafford is. He can, he can deliver the ball. You know, if you give him time and his wide receivers get open, he can get it to him. Matthew Stafford has it on. Uh, he can do all kinds of these weird angles to get them to rock. He's baseball, all that stuff, right? He leads the league right now in big-time throws when he is kept clean. However, he can also be very sporadic. That's just part of his game. Stafford is, is what I call another pusher man. You know, he pushes the ball down the field at the fifth most in the league. The difference between, though, him and Justin Herbert is that Justin Herbert isn't quite as accurate as Matthew Stafford's been. He, he's fourth in the league in deep passing completion percentage right now. But it's all about the pressure. If you go look at some of these plays uh, from earlier, it's all about the pressure with Matthew Stafford and getting to him. He is 33rd in the league in completion percentage when he's pressured. His completion percentage drops all the way sub 40. Scott, there's only 32 teams. Precisely, he's 33rd. And he has the second most pass attempts under pressure this year. So you get after Stafford, he's going to give you opportunities. He already has six interceptions on the season right now. All right, six interceptions, seven games. That's always been Stafford. He's going to give you ops. You just have to make sure that you take advantage of him and come down with it. I feel like I say that every game with some of these aggressive guys. That's part of their game. Now, you know, he doesn't have the wheels he used to have back in the day. You know, he used to scramble pretty pretty well. But he can still get out the pocket, be a little bit mobile, and make a throw down field. Uh, he, he had what I call a YOLO touchdown last week against the Steelers. It, it wasn't like he made a great throw. He actually made a poor throw. But Tutu Atwell happened to undercut his route. It wasn't even intended for Tutu. Uh, makes the catch and scores a touchdown. So, you no, know, I feel, look, he's going to make throws that we're going to say, damn, how did he do it? Right, But he's also going to give you opportunities. The offensive line is going to give you opportunities as well. And I feel really, this is, this, is the, this is the spot, the matchup I feel so confident about. And I, 
I also hate having this type of confidence, but it's it's a little bit different now because I respect this offense a ton. But their offensive line, you can get after these dudes, man. In the run game, pass game, you can get after these dudes. They struggle with those funky looks. They struggle with the stunts and the games, and we know Dan Quinn loves to do both of those. Love, love, love to do it. I can see this game coming down to a situation where the Cowboys are getting after Stafford like they did last year, and you're getting some sack fumble situations like they did last year, or you're getting into some situations where they're pressuring him, and you got like three or four opportunities for turnovers. I can see it. Their offensive line doesn't get a ton of push. In the run game, is it's really about what they do pre-snap, you know, creating lanes, eye candy. They love to do this little motion where it's kind of a pop motion where they're already out wide, but they'll send two two further out wide at the snap, and he's running upfield. They'll do it with Puka Nakua. They, they they same thing that you'll see in, in Miami, same thing. But getting back to the front, I had tweeted um, yesterday. That I think this could be a game where Osa Digizua could have another dominant performance. Jonathan Hankins, for that matter, too. Uh, their center, their center is is not the greatest. Uh, he was getting bullied by the Steelers. For, I mean, absolutely bullied. And I've, watching that game too, come away with the respect for that Steelers defense, very aggressive defense. But he was getting whooped on. I do like Steve Avia. I, look, I like him a lot out of TCU. We talk about wanting him, but but he's still vulnerable too. Um, he's been he's been solid. He's been okay, but he can be taken advantage of, especially again with our defensive line. He's already got two games this year where he's given up five or more pressures, and he's given up two sacks and three quarterback hits this year. Guess who he gets? Osa Digizua. <laughs> so welcome to the NFL, big boy. You're getting one of the best defensive tackles playing the game right now. Their best interior guy right now is Kevin Dotson on the other side. Big dude. Big, big guy. Uh, he, he's probably their strongest offensive lineman. He can get some movement in the run game. Uh, but but overall, I don't think they can get a lot of movement in the run game. But but that guy can push you around a little bit. Uh, as for their tackles, look, Micah, D-Law, and company, I think we have an advantage there. Let's just be fair here. Look, Havenstein, respected right tackle. Salutes to you, sir. Hey, look, I'll, I'll even salute you. Salute to you, sir. Respected right tackle. You, you you can't really with Micah, though. Or D-Law, for that matter. Whooped on that guy last year. He, he gave up, like, six pressures last year. Had a holding penalty. Gave up a sack. Yeah, no. I think the Cowboys can get after Havenstein. That dude on the other side, was it Aldrick Jackson or something like that? He's probably been their worst offensive lineman. He's already allowed 21 pressures. Uh, last week, he allowed six pressures, gave up a sack, was a high Smith, and Herbig just pretty much had his had their way with him. I believe it was Herbig. Had their way with him. So I just, I really like this matchup. I really like the Cowboys' defensive front against that offensive front and causing a whole lot of chaos for Matt Stafford. Again, I, at the top of this whole breakdown, I said this is a team, or a scheme, I should say, McVay's scheme, that is creative, but it's aggressive. They don't really want to live with all the short crossers. They'll hit you with some throughout the game, for sure. They don't want to live there, though. They want to live downfield. They want Matt Stafford to use that strong arm and push the ball downfield. But you know what that means, right? That means you have to have the protection to do it. 
So we'll see if they alter their game plan. They'll do some screens, the two two, some screens of Puka and Cooper. They'll they'll do all that, right? But at the end of the day, Stafford wants to push the rock. McVay wants to push the rock. They're a bit stubborn in that, and they'll do it. He's going to drop back a bunch of times, and he's going to try to push that ball downfield. So I'm actually hoping that's the case. I'd much rather them play that game than the game of we'll just ping, 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 quick, quick, short routes, and, and we're moving the change, right? Nah, Matt, drop back. Keep being a push man. I don't think your offensive line can hold up against our defensive line and how aggressive it is. So that is the Rams offense. They, they've got some high caliber players in Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, but they, they've got some guys like Tyler Higby and Tutu Atwell who also get involved. And obviously their scheme is, is, is one of those schemes, right? Where it's fun when you're studying them. It's fun to watch and whatnot, but it hasn't been the greatest offense this year. And the run game you, you better not allow a run game to get going. They, they don't really run the ball that well without Kyron Williams. So you should be able to thwart that run game enough, in my opinion. Interesting nugget. Cowboys just signed linebacker Rashawn Evans. And I was thinking about this as I was breaking them down. Without LVE, you obviously have a younger room, right? You have a room that's never played against this team. And Rashawn Evans did. Last year, he played against the Rams. And in that game, he had seven tackles. It wasn't like he had some amazing game, but it was like a top five or six performance from a great standpoint in regards to the run. Um, he, he and the rest of that team helped hold the Rams running backs to 3.8 yards per carry in that game. Um, obviously, it was Matt Stafford's arm who helped win him that game, but he threw two picks in that, in that performance as well. So... I say all this to say, if he is activated this week, if Rashawn Evans gets the call up, Rashawn Evans, at the very least, has linebacker experience against a Sean McVay offense. And it may not make a huge difference, but the reason why I bring it up is because Marquise Bell's never played against this quarterback or against this scheme. Um, Clark was not available last year. He was still rehabbing and, you know, in the film room. He never played against this scheme. Malik Jefferson's not going to see the field barring an injury, right? He, he's a special teams guy. Rashawn Evans, though. Rashawn Evans is, is now the leader in that room. He's now the veteran in that room. And he can, at least in their linebacker meetings, at least on that sideline, or if he happens to be on the field, hey, watch out for X, Y, Z. Hey, when they do this, this is what's going to happen. Or, or I've been out there when all of, in all the commotion. I've played against Havenstein, or I've played against uh, uh, whoever the other dude is over there, Aldrich Johnston or whatever. I've seen how they move. When they when they make this step, just fire downhill because they're going, you know, so those little things maybe can help and make a big difference. But I just thought it was interesting that Rashawn Evans does have a little bit of experience, the only experience in that room against this Sean McVay offense and uh, some of these players, so. Just something to think about. I'm not saying he's going to you know, shock the world or anything like that. This is, a, this is a game, if we keep it in the bean, where I don't foresee the Rams doing what they did to you in the playoffs with uh, Todd Gurley. Could be wrong. They could be looking at film and think the Cowboys are vulnerable. Maybe. But I think this is a game where they see Puka Nakua, Cooper, Ru- or Cooper, Rush, uh, Cooper Cup, and Tutu Atwell, and they say, hey, we're going to try to win this thing with those guys. Something to think about. All right. 
Let's turn the page here, get back to the lines. We'll get back into uh, the chat here. Nacho, what's good, man? Hi, man, how you doing? Good morning. I'm, I'm good, bro. How are you? Real good, real good. Thank you. Uh, great breakdown analysis on everything, and uh, thank you for that. Um, so going back, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like with V-Bird and everything, how you guys were, were talking about, you know, I do agree with him as well on that note that, uh, you know, this whole thing with Kellen, that's a foregone conclusion. We decided to make a decision with McCarthy. This is what we have, whether on the bye week, we've made some modifications, we've adjusted, we've obviously what we want to see moving forward is we want to see this offense start to, to come into its uh, fruition. Um, and that's the target. That should be the goal. Um, I would love to see our Dallas Cowboys uh, pull and be aggressive uh, between now and the trading deadline. The mentality of uh, we're okay, we have a good enough roster, you know, doesn't always work out. Um, you know, um, as a fan, you know, I, I am, you do get frustrated when you do see the Philadelphia Eagles and the 49ers continue to be aggressive every year. Opportunities present themselves even before the trading deadline. They're making moves to shore up whatever weaknesses they have. And we tend to be, like you said, we tend to just, uh, you know, kind of be more laid back and we, we're not as aggressive. Um, sure. So, so we'll see what happens. I mean, um, you know, we're at uh, – Will, we're at four and two going into the bye week. We got some some intriguing games coming up. Uh, I think the next probably four or five games, other than that Philadelphia at Philadelphia game, uh, you know this this is the part where these are winnable games before it starts getting really really tight here soon. So seeing the 49ers uh, lose back to back games now um, and how they were affected by injuries um you know this goes to tell you how open things can be yeah. between now and the end of the road you know yeah i mean everything is in front of you man uh, even after a piss poor performance against the, the the niners right and everybody was ready to just give up on the entire season it's you still can do what you want to do in front of you i doubt those folks over there in detroit is just like oh well season's over we, we got smashed by the ravens uh, that's it. Let's hang it up, right? Like, nah, they they still can do what they want to do. They're five and two after seven. Cowboys four and two after six. Uh, you just gotta obviously correct the mistakes or correct what needs to be corrected and try to build. You know, right now it's about building some momentum. The Cowboys haven't been able to do that this season just yet, where their their rivals have. So now it's time to stack and build some momentum. And you look at the schedule, you can potentially do that again one week at a time. I'm not trying to say these these games are easy. That's just not the case. But the, the Eagles are probably the biggest test coming up here, but you've got a chance to stack some games. And if you can, if you can do that, now the conversation starts to shift a little bit, I think, uh, within our community and our nation, not necessarily nationwide. Absolute. Uh, lastly, let me ask you this question. If you had to think of a position or a player that you would think would elevate and strengthen our football team. Who would you say that would be? I'm not I, giving I a heard, player uh, because I can Aaron Donald, <laughs> right? Like I'm not doing that. 
Uh, but there's four positions. I mean, you could you could realistically look at you know linebacker, cornerback, tight end two, and wide receiver. I think all those positions you could realistically look at and say uh, maybe I could add somebody. And I actually have it in that order: a linebacker, corner, tight end two, wide receiver. Being realistic, uh, what they could say is easier to get probably is a tight end two. You know that might be easy. I don't think linebacker would be difficult either. Cornerback could be could be tough, but yeah, those are the four positions. And let me see if Ross, if if Evans, if Evans can play healthy, depending on what type of condition and shape he's in right now. Let's not forget who he was coming out of the draft from from Alabama as a number as a first round linebacker. I mean, this kid is a player, and and he has experience. So if he can come in and really mesh into our linebacker corps. I'm hoping he can give us that boost. Yeah, he might be the difference. Let's just hope. Yeah, I, li- I like I like it. I think he can be a downhill thumper for you, but I also am not opposed to getting somebody better either. Like like I said, I, Aziz Al Shahir, I think would w- will come in right now and be your best linebacker. Oh, oh, so, that you would know. be. You, you, you know what? I love that. I love that. And let's hope we do something. And you know, who knows? You know, there's obviously all these rumors and you know hearsay and all that. Obviously, everybody's kind of shooting it down, not saying much. So, so we'll see what they do. It'd be great if uh, if we do make a move. All right, yeah. my man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Right, but, yes, sir. Yeah, I, if if you if you trade, and I really wish we would have traded for uh, Roquan last year, man. But if if you're trading for a linebacker, I think you have to have it in your thought process of. I'm, I'll trade for a guy that can not only help me now, but could potentially be a part of the future too. And I think Shahir could, could, could be that. Whereas, let's just be frank here. Evans is likely a rental. Even if he plays, we had this conversation on the roundtable. Even if he plays well, it, it's it's hard for me to imagine him being here part of the future for multiple reasons. Uh, Dallas ain't throwing it back. It's not happening. I mean, he, he'd have to go absolutely stupid to even think about that. And if he goes stupid... Somebody else is going to pay him. So I just don't think realistically he's going to be part of the future. But if you can kind of hit two, two kill two birds with one stone, get a guy in here that can help you now and can be a part of the future. That's kind of how they think, you know, they're not, they're not really into the, to the mercenary, like high level mercenary additions, you know, in the middle of the seasons, maybe a guy like a Hankins, uh, who else would they have brought in? They hardly bring in people in the middle of the season. So, but off season, yeah, yeah, they, they've done that. Middle of the season hasn't really been their thing. But yeah, I think I think they could attack two birds one stone. A guy that can help you now, and a guy that could potentially be something for the future. Al- Aziz Al Shahir, Jay. That's kind of the line, and the reason why I bring that up, Jay, is because. The, t- the Titans seem to be sellers, right? Like the Titans seem to be ready to just give away certain players. And if that's the case, if I'm not mistaken here, I took a look at his contract. I think he's on a one-year deal. Yeah, he signed a one-year $5 million deal. One year. Five million. I mean, it's nothing. You ain't even, even going to pay most of that. You're going to pay pretty much nothing to bring him in here. I, I, he's not going to garner, I think, a high pick because – this is a guy that's on a one-year deal. So, and, and it's a team that's looking to just sell. So that's why I brought him up. And there's other guys. There's Josie Jules out there and stuff like that. But uh, I just think Aziz would be a really good fit for your 
Jay said, give up the second for King Henry. Come on. I, look, I'm not, I'll give away picks for sure. Like, you know what I mean? I ain't stingy with that, but I, I, I am one of those that just for he, a running back. I mean, a running back, let's just be completely fair here. He's This ain't the top of his career. We're on the backside of his career. But one year, I think he has like one year left guarantee. If you brought him in here, I would hope you wouldn't have to give up no damn. If you give up a second for, for Derek Henry, you're, you're a shit team at trading. They're terrible. They're terrible. You, you better hope he be the missing piece or something because, oh, my gosh, you should not have to give up a second-round pick for Derrick Henry. Mm-mm. No. No. And like I said before, and jokingly, if you going to trade a second for Derrick Henry and run him out of shotgun all day, then what the hell was the point? What the hell was the point? Ooh, that's a good name. He said Eddie George Part 2. I remember them days when Eddie came. Chris said we don't need Henry. I, I'm kind of in that camp. Like, you don't need Henry, but if you say you can get Henry for like a six-round pick, who's complaining about that? But I, I agree. I'm not trading no second-round pick for no Derrick Henry. Nah, bro. That just that just don't seem to make sense to me. with that so so brother l said with the exception of the chiefs could the front office's alibi for lack of in-season acquisitions be that other teams haven't won the super bowl with those moves so we can say patient i don't think that's true we watched the 2020 tampa bay buccaneers make multiple in-season acquisitions and win the super bowl right uh, you can go back to 2017. The Philadelphia Eagles made multiple acquisitions, specifically the trade for Jay Ajayi, and they won a Super Bowl. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, they've they've always been proactive, and, and they won a Super Bowl. And if you, you want to go a little step below that, the 49ers and the Eagles also have made in-season acquisitions and either made it to the Super Bowl or made it to NFC Championship games. So I don't necessarily Rams, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on now. The Rams did it in 2021. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I feel like in this day and age, most of the Super Bowl winners slash participants actually made moves in the middle of the season to 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 get better. Whether it be as high as Von Miller or as low as Kadarius Tony, which paid off. They've made those moves. Right. That's that's the whole point. Right. That's why I say I don't know how we can watch the league, how it operates and think that we don't need to be a part of that. Isn't the whole job to make it easier, not more difficult. Right. And if I can make it easier by getting a guy, let's do it. I applaud them for Hankins last year. Right. I'm cool if they make another Hankins move. I don't need them to make a Von Miller move. Be Great. I don't need them to do that. But but. Look, like I said at the top of this thing, Jerry likes to put on this, I'm an aggressive guy, put on this, I'll write a check for whatever to win a Super Bowl guy. But really, I think that competition burns in him in business. I don't know if that same fire burns in him on... With this, and look, I get it. He's mostly just a mouthpiece. I know it don't with Steven. Like, that ain't really Steven's 
he's just, you know, he's Jerry's son. He's kind of running things now. He's fine with the way things are. That's that's always Steven's thing. Right, we're, we're good to go here. But we need somebody to say, hey, man, that. Oh, you 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 think you okay? Cool. You want to go out and get buyer? I'm gonna go get X Y Z. Oh, you want to go out and get CMC? I'm gonna go get blah blah blah. Because you are in that window. Get mad. You ever see the network? Stick your head out the window. And yell, I'm mad, and I'm not gonna take it anymore. I've watched my rival go get Jay Ajay. Go get buyer. Go get CMC. I've watched the, the the other side. I want to say rival, but they got a little. There's a little. Uh, what do you call it? There's a trophy for the Chiefs. Go out and make moves. They won Super Bowls. I've watched my NFC opponents go out and do that in the Rams and the Bucks. And these moves have helped propel them to get mad. Say I'm not going to take it anymore. If you need to get in the pissing contest one time, get in one. Bust a move. What what? <laughs> What my man say? I ain't scared of you, mother. Bust a move. Bust a mother move. So they ain't gotta be mad. Now, Hankins, Aziz Ashair, Kadarius Tony—they're not giving up nothing for him. Kevin Byard, we're giving up—they're giving up nothing for these dudes. I'm not asking you to go be Madden. I'm asking you to do pretty much what you said a couple years ago. Oh, I'd write any goddamn check to win another Super Bowl. Oh, word? Where's that competitive fire? That's always, and there, there are some times when fans get wild, right? And they say some crazy thing. Oh, yeah, Madden. This ain't got nothing to do with it being Madden. Because other teams are making these said moves without giving up first and second round picks. Without giving up quality players. As a competitor, how do you sit here, right? As a competitor and watch that happen and be like, yeah, we good, we good, we good, we good, we good. Now, I'd be pissed. I'd be in there like, oh, yeah, this is what we doing? Let me go get better. That's just me. That's just me, man. Hell yeah, I'd entertain it. I mean, I don't... You said entertain, T-Dub. I haven't done my research on Marcus Lattimore, but I'd entertain it. Obviously, what, what's the compensation? How much is going to cost you? Things like that. I don't I don't really know that. But they said we were looking to move on from him. Hell yeah. And I don't think I'm, I'm off base with that, by the way. You feel I am? Go ahead. Let me know. I'd love to, I'd love to hear how that's some wild thought to have a competitive fire to match what your opponents have done. What's good, Los? Hey, good morning, Sky, man. Hey, what a great week. Sad week for all the Cowboys haters watching their favorite football team. <laughs> you know, they couldn't watch anything else. But, hey, it's a, it has been a great week for me. I'm not going to brag about it, but, you know, I just – I have a great feeling. I woke up this morning. But um, just focusing on football, man, talking about these Rams, they're they're going to be a tough out and a tough um opponent. Sure. They're, they're, they're just, you know, it's mainly going to be our defensive line versus our O line, and see if we can actually you know finally run the damn ball against someone, right? And if we can do that against this team, I think we should be able to have it. And I mean, I, I think that's the matchup I'm looking for is can can we run against the ball against? You know, I'm not saying Aaron Donald's not 
you know, prime Eric Donald, but, you know, he's still someone that, you know, can can impact a game at times. So I just want to see if how, how we control him. And other than that, I mean, hey, let's go Cowboys. I'm ready for, for a football game. And let's just see what happens. And, hey, go Rangers. That's Mama, all, man. Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you, Lopes. Yeah, we're going we're going to break down the Cowboys offense against their defense tomorrow. Um, but I don't know if the match I mean, look, obviously if your defensive line wins in any matchup, that's a matchup to watch, right? For sure. You beat that Rams offensive line, you you probably suffocate their offense. But I think the heavyweight matchup is going to be their skilled players against the Cowboys defensive backs in this game. Um, because no matter what, no matter how much pressure you put on it, this dude is going to push it. This talking about McVeigh and, and and Matthew Stafford, they're they're going to by hook or crook, spam, Nakua, spam, Cooper Cup, and they're going to the bunch formations. Me and Professor will talk about this a lot in regards to bunch. You want to talk about a team that run bunch? This is a team that's going to run bunch. They're going to put you in a bind. Uh, they're going to try to take advantage of this cover one man defense, but it's going to be about getting home for sure. But if you don't, I need you to be able to cover on that back end because they got some quality dudes back there. And uh, we've been hit and miss, right? We've been hit and miss. Um, they're going to look at the tape. They're going to put a double move or two or three on Deron Bland. So you got to be ready for that. Be disciplined for that. And I don't think that Matt Stafford is going to miss him like Herbert, right? Like Matt Matthew Stafford, I think, has been more accurate on these passes downfield than Herbert. So that, that's going to be the heavyweight matchup there for sure. We got Astro fans in the building. Sorry, man. Look, look, I have no issues with y'all, except for one fan who is a terrible fan in general. But I got no issues with y'all. Hard fought, seven-game series. But I ain't in Houston. I'm in Dallas. So I'm going to be rooting for these Rangers, man. It is what it is. We got a couple super chats I get to here. It's hilarious when I so Texas Rob said it looks like Mozzie needs a year to learn. I mean, all these young rookies need years to learn. He said, put more muscle and weight on. Hey, Tex Rob, I don't know if if you are familiar with his game. <laughs> but he don't need no more muscle or weight. That, that, that ain't that ain't a problem. That's not I hate to use the word problem, but that's not what Mozzie needs to do. Mozzie needs to work on the tech technical side of the game, maybe some get off. Uh, just, just the things you get better at the more, the more you play. But if there was one dude that, that I'd say don't need off season peanut butter, it's Mozzie, bro. If you go pop on, and the thing about his position, right? You won't see it on broadcast. You ain't really paying attention to that. If you go pop on the tape. There's every game he's doing something. That you'd be like, Ooh. how'd he do that with one one, one arm? Oh, he mean, right? But it's, it's just. Can we get that consistently? Uh, the technical side of things. If you watch how he gets off the ball, and when you watch how Hankins gets off the ball and positions himself compared to how Mozzie does it and positions himself from down in, down out, you'll see the difference, right? But strength, oh, that guy's strong. You don't need no offseason peanut butter. But but when that does happen, you'll just be stronger. I feel you, I feel you, Tex. I'm not saying you're not a Mozzie guy. I'm just saying offseason peanut butter. And, and strength is the last thing that I, that is on the totem pole or what have you for Mozzie Smith. It's, it's the technical side of things right now for him, honestly. Uh, Joe dropped 10 in the Super Chat. Super Chat. Appreciate you, Joe. Says, 
The issue with our team is that the big three components of winning a championship, player acquisition, retention, player evaluation, and coaching do not work in unison like it does in Philly. That's 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 interesting. So that's the other side of the, the development because my three pillars to development are, are, are team building, I should say, are free agency acquisition, trade acquisition, and, and drafting. But your three pillars to components of winning the championship, player acquisition, that's part of it, retention slash retention, player evaluation, I think we do pretty solid in that, and coaching, uh, that's where things are sometimes hit and miss, right? He said it doesn't work in unison. Like I, I can go further than Philly. Uh, it starts at the, we understand. It starts at the top. And that mantra or that, how that franchise operates usually is they take shape and form of what's happening up there, right? Like you get John Lynch, tough guy, you know? General manager, tough guy, wants to build a tough team. Gonna be tough, right? And that, that's a tough team. Let's be honest. Philly, Jeff Laurie said once he snatched that from uh, Chip Kelly, he said, hey, Howie, whatever you did in 2017, do it again, right? Well, Howie built the team, by the way. He's already snatched it from Chip, but but do it again. And, and Howie went and he just lets Howie build a squad. Howie wants to build a squad. Aggressive team. Over there in Kansas City, they've had multiple general managers, successful ones that have went on to be general managers elsewhere or assistants that are general managers elsewhere. But Sandy Reed squad, hey, Andy, do your thing. I holla at you in the postseason. I don't need to be involved much, right? It's a different it's a different animal here. McCarthy, is he understands that every time he does some type of interview and they ask him about the dynamics of his organization, the first thing he says is, yeah, it's nothing like I've ever seen, uh, but it's it's to be expected. But is he good enough to yeah, I me? Mean, that is the question. I don't know if he's if he is good enough yet. He's been good enough to to obviously get you to 12 and 5. There are good things about McCarthy, but is he a good enough play caller? That's where we need to see McCarthy take the next step. Um, and hopefully humble himself. Like, hey, first six weeks. Try to do it my old school approach way. Ain't quite work out. Let's add some modernization to this, to this thing and uh keep building. And I'm holding out that hope. I know. I don't like to live on a hope creep. I hate the hope creep. But I'm holding out that hope that we flip this thing from the previous years where we start off hot offensively, everything is clicking, and then you start to see that thing just do. I'm hoping, yeah, we start off weird because this is a new offense. It happens. New offense, uh, play call, play style, play caller. Everything is new, so it takes a little bit. But we see it ascend as we get into the playoffs. That's my hope. I don't like to live on a hope creep, especially, you know, we're heading into week eight. But that's my hope. I'm going to keep it real. Ryan dropped 10 on the way out of here. Super chat. It said, hey, Scott, while people want wide receiver, I think we need to add a defensive end, a player like Daniil Hunter, who can now free up Micah to play more backer, help fill that hole in the linebacker court. I'd love to get – I've been a fan of – I tried to get Daniil Hunter in here. What was it, last year, y'all? Last year, two years ago, I don't remember when it was. I was trying to get Daniil Hunter up in here. I'm all for strengthening the strength. No doubt about it. I'm all for adding to it. And I think I had this conversation on with you guys and on the uh, the roundtable where if our, if our team is truly going to be built on the back of its defense, now let's look at the defense. What is our defense built on the back of? 
getting after the quarterback. So if it's built off of that, keep adding dudes that get after the quarterback. And I don't think a Daniel Hunter is a guy you can you have to take off the field either. Now the whole Mike at linebacker thing, I had I had a little bit of there was there was a little bit of me where I thought, oh man, this really might happen. Then the Chargers game happened, and and they he played his most snaps there. He played eight, right? But I just don't foresee that being being a thing, man. I'm just watching how they're doing it when they're doing it. It just doesn't feel like that's ever going to be like Micah played 25 snaps at backer. They're just not going to do that moving forward. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm, I'm I'm out on bringing another defense in. I j- I just don't think they're they're ever going to put Micah back there for 15 to 25 snaps anymore. This is going to be Micah defensive end thing, and it is what it is. He's still one of the best in the league, right? Arguably the best in the league, so I'm not about to complain about it, but I do think having a versatile Micah Parsons from time to time helps, uh, but you you gotta you gotta be deliberate with it. It can't just be like, oh, one snap every three possessions he's playing off ball. Like, be deliberate with it a little bit. One more refresher here. Oh, and the receiver part of it. Uh, yeah, look. Yeah, wide receiver to me is like the, the last one because I think put Tobert in the ballgame. Use Turpin. Use Cooks. And I think we we cool here. It's not, it's not necessarily like the Cowboys don't got guys. It's that they're not using those guys and they're using the wrong guy. Um, but if we were to make a move, the move that I like that I've been hearing a lot of fans talk about and myself just thinking about would be to swap your XY receiver out, right? A Cortland Sutton for Michael Gallup. I'd love that. I think Sutton is just just more physically there um, and, and more dynamic, I think. Than, so I, I'd swap Gallup and Sutton, you know. But just swap Tobert and Gallup. You ain't got to make a trade. I did have one I missed, my bad. D-Webb dropped two. Super chat. And D-Webb said Stafford has 1,600 yards, 63 completion percentage, six tutties, five interceptions, and a 2-3 and three record versus Dallas. Sure. Yeah. Matt Stafford has always been a little up and down against the Cowboys, right? He's always been up and down uh, against Dallas, and, and that's been his game. And, and I think the Cowboys got the advantage here, 100%. 100%. Rolo said, I like Sutton. Yeah, I, I think Sutton would would be an upgrade. What about Michael Thomas? Is he on the block? Hell, I, Michael Thomas would be an upgrade. It, it's not hard to be an upgrade, right, to, to Michael Gallup at this point. But I told y'all my, my thoughts on the whole C.D. Lamb because I feel like you can slide C.D. Lamb out there and do some things. But they like CeeDee Lamb to be versatile, right? Do do some inside-outside things, mostly slot, really. And, and I'm fine with that. I get it. CeeDee Lamb can be that versatile move-around guy. Uh, so if you're going to use him that way, then you need to upgrade that X position. The other funky twist to this is you can upgrade the slot position and put CeeDee Lamb out there. But I don't think they're going to do that either. Uh, I, I don't think we have a slot slot. And I always talk about that. It sounds funky, but I don't know if the game is moving away from that. Right? Got to go look around. But I don't know. I don't know if we if we have that slot guy. Uh, Turpin could potentially be that. I saw him do some slot things. He's a little itty bitty dude, but I, I like to get Turpin to stretch the field, use that speed. You know, let's get back to doing what we saw against the 49ers. Bunch these guys up, get some motion, 
send Turpin or Cooks on the fly, get some jet sweeps. It ain't hard to open up this offense. He just got to be willing to do it. Michael Thomas is washed. Ain't washed him enough to know, but take your word for it. Oh, wait. Oh, ain't washed. So Michael Thomas ain't washed. Okay. I haven't washed him enough to know, but I, I feel like he'd be an upgrade over Michael Gallup. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thomas is sudden over you. 100%. 100%. Hey, maybe that pine would change your mind. Maybe that pine would change your mind. I, I do know there are certain teams that I've seen give ex, give extensions or, or contracts to these guys, and it's like, ah, we don't care. You're not producing. Have a seat. We know about politics on this team, though. We know about politics. Marshawn Lattimore, Daniil Hunter, big Daniil Hunter fan. Lattimore, I didn't I didn't know if Lattimore was on the block, but yeah, I, I'd love to have Lattimore here, sure. Drew Sanders, yeah, we we talked about him in the draft. I doubt they're going to trade their draft pick, but I yeah I I like Drew Sanders coming out. I don't know how I don't know if he's playing great in Denver right now. I know Josie Jewell is playing better just because I looked up Josie Jules. Jewell, but Drew Sanders was a guy I kind of wanted in the draft to, to take over for LVE at some point. And then Fargo, can we trade Gala for Seti? Man, I I I do it. I do it. Said Wilson, we didn't talk about it enough. We did here, but it wasn't talked about enough that not only did you move away from Coop, but you you you, you allowed yourself to be talked into taking Gallup over said. That was a mistake to me, man. A mistake. All right, one more, and I think we're good to go. Indeed, we are. Indeed, we are. All right, y'all. Uh, sh- I don't know if we back today or not for me and Vach. I don't think so. I think tomorrow we'll be back. But Mo will be back on later tonight, A to Z Sports Primetime. Make sure y'all check him out. Uh, he talked yesterday or last night, I believe, about the Sam Williams thing. Uh, we've we've talked about it briefly here. I am going to be very interested to see the conversation if the media decides to bring it up to Dan Quinn or, or they don't really talk to Quinn. If they bring it up to... McCarthy, I'm gonna see if we can get Pat to talk to McCarthy about or uh, to Dan Quinn about it. See if we can get a nugget. But if you missed that, make sure I go check it out. If you missed today's show, running back, we we talked heavy, heavy, heavy about what to potentially do here at the trade deadline. Obviously, that has divided the, the, the Cowboys Nation as it usually does, and we talked about. The Rams offense. We preview their offense because the Cowboys defense, where the Cowboys may have advantages, where the Rams will try to attack, how they attack. And a thorough breakdown here. If you missed that, make sure y'all run that back. Tomorrow, we'll be breaking down the Rams defense, who last year, it's a little different. You know, they don't got, I believe it was Leonard. They still obviously have uh, Aaron Donald, but Jalen Ramsey was out there. I mean, it's a different style defense last year. Last year, it was... Cooper Rush going against those guys. Uh, it's different now. It's different. That defense is not what it was, but they still have that one player uh, that, that can wreck your game if you allow it. So make sure you all come on back tomorrow, and um, we'll be breaking that down. So, oh, shouts out to bro in the building. Shouts out to bro. So we back tomorrow. There you go. You heard it there first from Vash Lombardi, the GOAT. We back tomorrow. Make sure you all come through. Uh, with that said, 
goddamn button. Push the goddamn button. They ain't going straight. They ain't going to do it. Appreciate y'all for jumping in. Make sure on your way out, you do hit the like button and share this with your friends, family, and foes. But definitely your Cowboys Nation friends and family because they need to they need to start being pushed more towards us. We know how these networks get. We out of here. Love y'all. Peace.